Uh, it's good to see you this morning. I am Isabel. No, she's supposed to be here, but she didn't quite make it. So I'm filling in for her today. So she might fill in for me some other time a little later in the who knows when. We'll see how that goes. But good things we heard from Isabel, and that's, uh, that's wonderful, and from Tony as well. So this morning, to the best of my knowledge, at least as of late last night, Tony is preaching over in Wakefield, and Isabel is trying to stay awake as Tony preaches this morning after a very busy week and a long flight home last night. Okay, so I want to ask a question to you. Can we get this up there? Here's my question. What kind of faith do you have, or how is your faith this morning? I think, as I, I thought about this in some... Uh, <clears throat> not theological terms. I thought about it in TV terms this morning. Some of you are old enough to remember Father Knows Best, correct? Some of you go, what? Well, I think some of us have a Father Knows Best type of faith in that it's something that's been passed on through the family and it's not our own. I think some of you possibly have, I watched a couple of minutes last night of Love It or List It. My mother watches it all the time. I think some of you have that kind of faith. You just give it to me and I'll go sit on the beach while it's being done. And then when it's all done, give it to me. I think some of you have a, a Chicago Med or an ER where you're only going to have come to faith if it's an emergency and I've got to have it now. I think some of you probably remember the old uh, cheers. I want to have a faith where everybody knows my name. I don't care about God, just people around me. I want to have that kind of a faith. That's the kind of thing I, I think about right this morning. But none of those faiths are genuine. They just don't make any difference in your life. God takes us through a school of faith that we've looked at for six sermons. I started off, my opening statement in that first sermon was this one. I looked it up to make sure I was right. And I am. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Jesus' words back in Matthew's gospel. And we're coming full circle and we're coming back to that statement once again. According to your faith, it will be done to you. I've used Abraham all the way through these, this series, talking about his faith and what he did. He's our example. At 75 years of age, God gave him a dream, the word I used, God gave him a dream of becoming the father of a great nation. But in order to do that, he was going to have to leave his family and his country and go to a new place. And that was challenge to him. I talked about a dream. Then I talked about that he had to decide to do it. He had to put his feet to God's dream and move forward in it. Then I said, after the dream and the, the deciding to go forward, there's so often a delay. We've, have you ever had a delay in your life? I've certainly had a bunch of them where things, I thought I should be doing this, and God didn't get me that far. In the prayer time this morning, as the guys prayed for me, I talked about sometimes we want to be here, but God only gets us to here. We've had delays. And then I talked about difficulties Finally, that miracle child, Isaac, comes along, and Abraham is asked to give up his child. How do you know when you've come to a dead end or a challenge in your life? It's when your dream is actually turns to dust, when nothing seems to make any sense. When you ask the question, why is this happening to me? You begin to doubt God's love and wisdom. 
Is he some, as I heard somebody say on a TV show this week, is he some sort of cruel joker in the sky? When our dream is crushed and nothing is happening, when we're at a dead end and we're asking, why is this happening to me? I believe it's because God is getting you ready for a next step in the journey, and that's deliverance. The final D, the final piece in this series is this one today, deliverance. That's what it's all about. God is preparing you for a miracle. I believe that the more dark the situation, the more it seems that God can move in mysterious ways and make a difference in our lives. Some of you might be at a dead end right now. There are certain dead end words in life. I tried to come up with a short list of them. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm just going to put them up here. Is cancer a dead end word? I think it is. Divorce, infertility, unemployment. And here's our dead-end word at the moment. No senior pastor. What are we going to do? Where are we going next? These are some of the dead ends that we can be at. So how do you know when you're at a dead end? Things are out of our control, and you just can't seem to do anything about it. So what do we do? This is where I want to move now with this. When we're at this difficulty stage and I'm waiting for deliverance, well, we've got some things to do, and I want to read the scripture for this morning. It's just a short passage. It's found in Romans. It was on the first slide that I put up there, Romans chapter 4, and I believe I'm going to start at verse 17. It's talking about Abraham. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, He is our Father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be, Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. We need to remember what God can do. Forget about what we can't do. What can God do? The situation may be out of your control, but it's not out of God's control. If we thought of those words I put up, I'll go back to it up here. If we think of those words of cancer, divorce, infertility, unemployment, whatever it is, whatever your dead-end word is, they may feel like they're out of our control, but they're not out of God's control. Abraham believed in God who gives life to the dead and creates something out of nothing. Boy, I'd almost like to get a stool and just sit here and say, what do you think about that? That is a phenomenal verse to think about, to chew on. Abraham believed in God who gives life to the dead and creates something out of nothing. It is incredible. It just boggles my mind. That's the definition of a miracle, isn't it? I think so. Create something out of nothing, bring somebody back from the dead. That's a miracle. That doesn't happen in normal terms. God doesn't need anything to work with. He can make, he could just, 
create and change what's going on. Abraham believed in God. Maybe that's the phrase. He believed God. That he could do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not just positive thinking. Positive thinking isn't going to get you out of the impossible. Positive thinking is better than negative thinking. I'll take that any day of the week. I, 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 you know, Our church board right now, I think, is really one of the most positive boards I've ever worked with. It's just incredible the way things are coming together. They're a good, good bunch of men and women. Thank you for doing that. Positive thinking is good, but positive thinking is not going to get you out of the impossible. Faith will get you out of the impossible. Faith will make the difference in all that's going on. Most of life is beyond your control. I've got, you know, there are two things that God does that you can't do. Raise the dead and create something out of nothing. God can give life to the dead. He creates something out of nothing. And again, most of life is way beyond our control. In Luke, we read this. It is impossible with men, or what is impossible with men is possible with God. Do you believe that? I, th- I, I know I do. There's so many. Th- Can I just talk to you for half a minute here? You know, I've got a lot of education, and I've got an awful lot of years of experience of being a pastor. I mean, donkey's years of it, like Pastor Fred and, you know, and Pastor Ron. We get lots of years of experience. But this, we, while we've got experience and we've got education, there are things we just cannot do. But God can. And we need faith in him. We need to just trust God to help us in those challenging situations. Here's the verse that I get this from. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. When hope was dead within him, Abraham went on hoping in faith. He relied on the word of God. How do you know when hope has died within you? I think probably you use the word never. That's probably the word you're going to use. Like, uh, okay, I've heard all of these. I'm never going to get married. I've gotten to 42 years old or something or other. You know, throw any date out you want. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to graduate. I have worked at this thing, but I've now got a family. I'm never going to be able to graduate. I'm not going to complete this degree. I'm never going to be able to let go of my past. If people knew, I'd never make it. I'm never going to be what God wants me to be. I'm never going to be able to change. Have you heard some of those words? Have you expressed some of those words? I think probably some of us have. That's when hope is dying. What do you do, though, when hope dies? When hope was dead within him, Abraham... (laughs) This just boggles my mind, this verse. I've got about five mind-boggling verses in this sermon this morning, okay, that have really challenged me this week. I really mean that from the depth of my heart. When hope was dead within him, 
Abraham went on hoping in faith. He relied on the word of God. While God was testing him, Abraham still trusted in God and his promises. So he offered his son Isaac. Each one of these sermons on this series, I've all I've thrown in that phrase about the promises that are in Scripture, the promises that God has for us. There are so many. There are just so many that tell us what God can do. God said he wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son. I don't I don't know, but I don't think Abraham blinked an eye. God had said to him, you're going to be the father of a great nation. Well, finally, at this stage of life, at 99, he finally has a child. He finally has a, a son. And now this is a few years later, and God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. Abraham says, okay. I have a son. <laughs> I have three, two daughters as well. I have three kids. I, I just don't, I cannot picture myself putting my son on an altar and taking a knife and plunging it into his heart. But I, I really believe that Abraham that Abraham, I, I can't prove it, but I believe that Abraham thought that God could raise his son from the dead. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to kill my son as a sacrifice because you told me to, but you're going to raise him again. Because you know why I believe that? That's what he said to his servants as he left. He didn't say, I'll be back. He said, we'll be back. I believe he just knew that God was going to be with him. What happens when God takes you, takes your most precious dream and wants you to give it up? Can you do that in faith? Can you give up what God has promised he's going to give you? And if, sometimes that puts us at an absolute dead end. God's going to deliver you if you make the right decision. Abraham said he would do whatever God said. Look at this verse. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. When it seemed like all hope was gone, he hung in there. He was trying to see things. No, he was seeing things through God's viewpoint. I don't always. I sometimes see him through John's viewpoint, not God's. The disciples had followed Jesus for three years. They had this unbelievable hope of a, of a new way of life and that things were going to be totally different and they were going to be part of, of a, this cadre that was going to bring in change into the world. They've done this for three years and now they see up on the cross their leader. And he's dead. I, I can't imagine what they must have felt like. I cannot begin to think what they thought. 
But they must have, it, well, the scripture tells us they, some of them went and hid, some of them went to other places, and they couldn't be found. But Easter was only three days away. I don't know what the Easter might be in your life, but I believe God has one. Though it seemed Abraham's hope could not be fulfilled, he did become the father of many nations, exactly as God had promised. That, my friends, is a miracle. That's the definition of a miracle. That is what it is. When things are not the way we expect, but I rely on what God says, and I move forward in that. Well, let's face some facts and face them in faith. Here we go. Here's a verse in Romans again that I read to you earlier. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he didn't waver in unbelief. Abraham is 99 years old. Okay, he's 25 years older than I am right now. I am... I would be challenged if I thought I was going to have another child. And 25 years from now, it ain't going to happen. Now, in my family, you've heard me say it before, we live to be antique. I mean, I've got numerous relatives who have lived to be 99. And all of my grandparents lived into their mid to late 90s. Great-grandparents, the same sort of thing. I don't remember any of them having babies then, though. Maybe that's the definition of a miracle, is having the baby at that point. Faith is not denying reality. It's not pretending that you don't have a problem. That's not faith. That is denial. Faith is not saying, I'm not in pain when you're hurting desperately. Faith is not saying, I don't hurt when you do. It's not saying I'm happy when you're really grieving on the inside. It, it's not facing the facts without being discouraged by them. Faith is facing the facts without being discouraged by them. Being able to look at a problem and saying, yes, that is a problem in my life, but I'm not discouraged because I know God is greater than my problem. The key is to look beyond our circumstances. In 2 Corinthians, we read this verse. For we fix our eyes on what is unseen. For what is temporary, which is the problem. But what is unseen, God's power, is eternal. God's power is eternal. We so often maybe forget that. If you look at the world and what's going on, uh, this is from the news yesterday, you're going to be distressed. If you look at what's going on on the inside of what's happening in your own life, you might be depressed. But if you look at Jesus Christ, you will be at rest. Probably true. I know it's true in my life. It really is. In the situation we're in right now, uh, what are you expecting God to do? Some of you aren't probably expecting God to do much of anything. 
God works in your life according to your expectation. That was the verse I started with early, the very first slide I put up there this morning. And that's called faith, when we let God do things that we know we cannot do. It's just the way it is. Abraham never doubted. He praised God for this blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was able to do anything he promised. Do you remember the story of uh, Mary and Martha sending someone to Jesus? Jesus is in Jerusalem. They're in Bethany. And they asked Jesus to come because their brother was ill. And they knew it looked like it was sickness unto death. And they, they believed that Jesus could heal him. So they asked Jesus to come. It's only six miles away. That's all it is, six miles. But he didn't get there for three days. And by three days, he was dead. He's in a grave. Jesus comes to the grave, asks for the stone to be rolled away. Hmm. It's suddenly. There we go. Now, that's not the exact words in Scripture, but I have a feeling Jesus might have said those words. I didn't come to heal him. I came to resurrect him. What do you think? Something happened there. And here is the fa- I'm going, here's another one of the mind-boggling verses that I've, I've struggled with this week. Jesus prays, Father, I thank you. He's doing this in advance. He hasn't said yet, Lazarus, come forth. I thank you that you heard me, Lazarus, come forth. Do you get that? I've spent some time pondering that this week. I sat at my desk for quite a while just looking at that and thinking about it. So many times I'm begging God or expecting him. And when something happens, I thank him. Well, that's gratitude. This is not gratitude. This is faith. Father, I thank you in advance that you've already heard me. Do you have things in your life that need to change? Yes, I do. Okay. Put a mirror up in front of my face. Yeah, there's some things in my life that need to change. Do I need to be saying, therefore, Jesus, in advance, I'm thanking you for helping me, for changing me? But this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivers us. He will deliver us. And we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. You hear Paul there? He did it. He's doing it. He will do it. You see it? He's done it. He's doing it. He will do it. What is your faith? How are you going with all of this? The final phase of this series is, the final word is deliverance. That's the final thing. That's the purpose of a dead end. 
is to teach us to trust in God to get us there, to help us to understand what's the promise. He has delivered us. He will deliver us. And we believe he will continue to deliver us. There it is. It's as simple as can be. God has not promised to remove all of your pain. That's the bad news this morning, okay? That's what it is. It's not going to happen. He's not going to take all of the pain out of this world. God has promised, not promised to solve every one of your problems in the way that you want it solved. There is pain in this world. There is sorrow. God has not promised that everything is going to work out the way you want it to. This is not heaven. This is earth. The ultimate deliverance will happen one day when he calls us home. I looked up uh, I looked up the word salvation in a dictionary this week, an online dictionary. And it the first that's exactly the first three words that I use there. Salvation means deliverance. The next sentence was this. In the Christian faith, Christians believe that deliverance is salvation from sin. Isn't that interesting? In the dictionary. Salvation is deliverance from sin. There's only one way to get to heaven, Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Oh, we can have all kinds of hopes that we're going to get to have a better world and things are going to change, but you know something? It all comes back to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. When you're at a dead end... Jesus can take the hopelessness and turn it into a... No, I'm going to say it differently. When you're at a dead end, Jesus can take your hopeless end and turn it into an endless hope. That's not bad, is it? Are you at a dead end? I invite you to take that problem, that situation, in your own life and give it to Jesus. He may not deliver you the way you would think you want, but the end result will be exactly what you want. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was at a dead end in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. Abraham was at a dead end when he walked up that mountain with his son. Not my will, but yours be done. That is faith. That is trusting God for the future. Father, I ask your blessing upon your people this day. Lord, I don't know, I know the names of who I'm preaching to, but I don't know all of the needs and what some of the challenges are in all of their lives right now. But I pray, Father God, that each one who is here this morning would be saying, not my will in this situation, not my will, but yours be done and we'll call it faith I ask now Lord your blessing your continued blessing we've seen you work in the past we see you working right now 
and we know you will work into the future. We ask it all in your Holy Spirit's guidance and love. Amen.